In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesdays, arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome back to Die Star Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen. And guess what? I am solo today. I thought it would be really fun. Why not? You guys have been sending me so many different questions. I can't answer them all on my Instagram. So I figured why not answer them all here? So I'm doing a lot of listener questions slash follower questions. And then I'm going to be doing, you know, our usual non-scale wins, dear DSTs. It's going to be a really fun episode. I'm excited. I think we should get into it. I would ask, should we get into it? But there's no one sitting next to me (laughs) except Danny and Jorge to say, let's do it. So let's do it. Okay. And I mind you, I have a lot, but I tried to group them together. It's all good. All right. First question is how you doing? Not well, but no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. It's been another question was, has motherhood gotten any better or easier, better slash easier? And you know, it's gotten better and it's gotten a little bit easy. I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's gotten better in that like postpartum life has subsided. And then I feel more of like myself again mentally, but motherhood itself has not really gotten easier because the kid gets older, the kid gets heavier <laughs> and the kid is, the kid is in my daughter, Mila, who's seven months, almost now it's going to be, how old is she? Seven and a half months. Um, She's exposed, getting exposed to um, different viruses. <laughs> so she's been sick this last week and my life has been a little bit challenging. But I would say it's definitely gotten a little better in the sense that I feel more of myself. I have more energy with the exception of not being able to sleep as much because of said illness. Um, but she's okay for everybody who's wondering. She's all right. It's just, you know, those things that they all get. But I'd also say like for everybody who's listening, who's like a mo- work, a working mom, that has been challenging to a, a serious degree because a lot of the times when I'm like sitting in the other room, when I'm working from home, I'm sitting in the other room. She's, we have a nanny and she's in the other room. And all I want to do is like, well, I'm sitting here, I'm working, but she's in the other room. I want to be there. Like, it's just such a, it's really difficult. And I'm sure so many of you feel that. So if you feel that message me, tell, give me some advice and I'd love to hear it because that has been a big challenge for me, I think. So a follow-up question was, how has your body image confidence changed since having Mila? I just, I've had this thought and I really like this question because 
you know, there's obviously so many changes in our bodies and like so many of you actually ask this type of question. I was actually thinking about this driving in the suburbs, I'm driving. And I was thinking like, wow, I really appreciate my body so much more now because my daughter looks so much like me. And I could never say one negative thing about, obviously she's a little baby body, but <laughs> I would, I, when I see myself in her, I'm like, oh wow, like I, I, she's cute. You know, she has this bubbly personality. Like I'm seeing all these positives. I'm like, wait, those are some things that like my husband says about me or like whatever. So it's just making me realize this like positive things about myself that maybe you wouldn't even like pay attention to because you spent your whole life like focusing on the negative. And it was such a revelation when I was driving. I was thinking about how cute her personality is, how it's coming out. I was like, wait, those things sound like some of the shit that my husband or my friends have said about me. And I'm like, wow, like I can forget my body, you know, it's a human body. I'm like, I'm focusing on these like positive things that I have that my daughter has now for me. So that has been, I wanted to answer that question about like my confidence because that has changed so much because of Mila, not just since having Mila. Okay, I'm going to answer another one question that sort of has to do with baby weight, but it's not about me. So how to tell coworkers to stop asking about losing the baby weight? First of all, why are your coworkers asking you that? Unless they're like you guys are close friends or you have some like relationship, no coworker that's just sort of like a distant type of coworker should be asking you about your weight. I feel like that is not okay these days or really ever. But if it's like a friend who's asking you about it, I think the best way is just like to set up a boundary and just say, hey, I don't feel really that comfortable talking about it. You know, it's not really like, I'm not trying to focus on that. Like that's, and then just shut it down. Like that's what I would do. But for, I, that's not really what I would do. I, I would be offended and I'd be like, what the fuck? Why would you ever ask me that? But since I wouldn't give that advice to anyone else, <laughs> that's what I would do. All right. Next question, which I really love this one. What's your ideal breakfast, lunch and dinner? All right. My breakfast, it's a very emotional choice. <laughs> it depends. Uh, I'm like uh, George Costanza. I dress based on mood. I eat based on mood. And my breakfast, it could be an egg, like a fried egg. I don't really like scrambled eggs. I'm sorry to all those people who love scrambled eggs. I, I like a like over medium egg on an English muffin. That's like my ideal breakfast. Maybe some, maybe like, maybe the egg is to the side and then there's like a little butter and jam on the egg. And if they, if they like hang out on the plate, that's even better. I know I've admitted before that I like the jam with the egg, but I won't say that out loud right now. For lunch, I would love a delicious Jordan Syatt has coined the big ass salad thing. I love it. Sometimes at home, a little bit too lazy to make one or I don't have time, but I would like to incorporate that into my life more often. So this question was about ideal. That's my ideal lunch. And for dinner, if I had endless funds, my <laughs> dinner would be sushi. Like, that's just the ideal. I just had the best day of my life going over this. All right. Another question is, do you think your diet, quote unquote, journey would have been diff if you had, diff is weird to say out loud, diff if you had met with a parentheses responsible RD earlier? Um, I want to say yes, but I like don't think I I would have. I think like the, the reason why it's a journey, 
in quotes is because it's a journey. It doesn't need the quotes. It like takes the time and the circumstance that I was, circumstances I was in are the reason why I was doing the things I was doing. And also the time culture played a huge part of that. I think if I'd met with a responsible RD, like when I was a kid, (laughs) that's a different story. If I had the information about what is considered disordered eating behaviors or having a, a, a questionable relationship with food at a young age, I think maybe I would have saved myself future struggle. But no, I don't think so. I really don't. Maybe like a therapist, <laughs> that would have been helpful. But I don't know. I, I think right now is the right time for me to be with an RD because I have spoken to responsible dietitians in the past. It's just that my focus was so on like weight loss and I wouldn't open my mind to hear like that you can eat carbs. Like that was not something I was ready to hear. And now after all of this experience of my life with eating and dieting and seeing that it doesn't like work like that for me, I think that's, this is the only time that I could really be working with a RD and focusing on like life changes rather than like, um, how am I going to lose weight for my wedding or like those kinds of things. Um, another question was, are you doing WW? And no, I'm not. I stopped doing it like within a month and I'm working with a registered dietitian um, from Kalina. All right, let's answer this one. I like this. How to balance using an Apple watch or fitness tracker without being obsessive about it. Um, I know exactly what you mean. It can get very obsessive. I'm somebody who like has it on. I want to know if I'm getting all my steps. I don't feel like, oh, my steps don't count if unless I see it, I can get, I see how that can get really overwhelming and crazy. What I remind myself as a person who gets obsessed and as a recovering perfectionist um, is that your steps count even if they don't, are not counted. Like if you don't, you have been, if you've been walking, you've been walking. It doesn't matter what the watch says. And when you look at the watch for like validation for your steps, it doesn't, you're not doing it for the right reasons. The watch is just a tool. It's not like the person who's going to tell you they're proud of you. (laughs) You need to be proud of yourself. If anybody needs a pat on the back for getting all your steps in or your workout in. And if you need someone to tell you that they're proud of you for getting all your steps in, you can call me, leave us a voicemail, 212-287-5650. Again, that's our DSC hotline. Send us a voicemail. I'll read it. I'll read it on this episode. It's fun. Um, We have a really good one for next week. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. 
After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, I like this one. How to deal with a toxic mom. I mean, it depends how toxic she is. It depends what she's doing. But if you recognize that she's toxic, it means you're doing, you're at least self-aware and you're, you've gone pretty far in understanding that whatever she's doing is not helping you and it's hurting you. So the best thing to do is put up boundaries. And those are obviously way easier said than done, but the best thing you can do is put up a boundary. It's so much easier said than done, obviously, to have a talk and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable talking about X, Y, Z. It has nothing to do with you. It's all my my stuff. I just, it like hurt, it hurts me. And I know with like a lot of toxic people, and obviously this is a very broad way to describe a person, toxic behaviors around certain things, but they can get defensive I don't know if that's your mom, whoever wrote in, but they can get defensive because it feels like when you put up a boundary, they feel like, oh, are you saying something negative about them and something is wrong with them? And, you know, it, it's immediately like uh, flares start going up in their head. So, again, the, the 
my best advice is to say, this is so not about you. You're great. I love you. I just can't talk about these things. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe a therapist would say something different, but I don't want to start like a rift in our family. So for me, that, that would be the best approach because then your mom's not mad. You get your boundary set and then like reinforce it. That's the hardest part because you're like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. And then just keep doing it. But you have to reinforce it. All right. Speaking of therapists, I really love this question. Best thing a therapist ever told you. Um, the best thing, I mean, obviously this is very specific to what I, my personality, what I've gone through, what I'm going through. Um, but the thing that has stuck with me the most, and this relates back to what I said earlier, recovering perfectionist, <laughs> is that they said like, things it, are things good enough? Like, is this good enough? Are you good enough? Is this person good enough? Is this, is your work good enough rather than the best? And, you know, that has always resonated because it's also sends that message of going much easier on yourself because there are so many repercussions that come from being hard on yourself because people around you take that as a message of, of how, how, how you see them. Are you really hard on the people around you? I'm assuming yes, if you're like me. Um, but really it's just like a whole projection thing and it has nothing to do with them and it's all about you. So the best thing ever a therapist has said to me was the good enough line and just constantly reminding myself that and has helped me so, so much. I can't even tell you. And if you can't relate and you think I sound crazy, you are right. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. Have you ever lived alone? Nervous to try it out. I, I wanted to answer this because I lived alone my right after I lived at home after college when we were working on betches, we weren't making any money. And then um, I started making a little money. So I got an apartment in the city and I got a studio and it was one of those with like the mini fridge and a walk up and I had gas leaks. I once I had a gas leak and um, I ran down the stairs like clutching my computer and handbag <laughs> as my like two valuable items. <laughs> but I loved living alone. That was, that's basically my thing. I, it's the best because coming out of college or coming from a scenario where you're with a roommate or several roommates, you really find yourself because you have no choice, but to do the things that you want to do. And you're not influenced by other people's opinions, choices, you know, likes, dislikes. It's all about like what you want to do, what you want to eat that day, where you want to go, how you want to spend your time, what shows you want to watch, when you want to go to bed. Literally, like you figure out your shit. And I feel like it fast tracked my independence. Um, and yeah, I really loved it. So don't be nervous because it is fun. It is scary when you have gas leak, but <laughs> it is fun. Another question is about clothes. So I posted a story um, the other day about how I felt like I had nothing to wear. To wear everything was from maternity or like from 2019, and I just like took everything out of my closet, turned it on, and I was like, "Ow!" I was like staring, screaming. I wasn't actually; it was in my head, but it was just one of those days. And so many of you wrote that like you feel the same way. So right now, I literally don't really have any new clothes. It's truly from. <laughs> For like 2019, but 
somebody asked, what do you do with your old clothes? Do you resell your clothes on Poshmark, Depop? I don't know what Depop is. Should I know what that is? <gasps> Depop, I'm gonna check it out later. Um, I used to sell my old clothes, but it is a full-time job. And I have one of those already. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like like full-time times a billion. And then I have a kid. It is full-time. So I donate my clothes. But I do have some handbags. Would you guys, should I sell them? I feel like I should, right? Um, I've, been, I've been holding off on buying anything because I just have all this stuff. And that's probably not very healthy. Um, so let me know. I have a really cute Celine bag I'd love to sell. Okay. And last question. If you didn't found Betches, what would you be doing? So I went to school, I was pre-med in college. I was gonna be a reconstructive plastic surgeon. That was, I did a bunch of, I shadowed doctors. I did research in plastic surgery. I, lots of summers doing that. Um, I would like to say I would be doing that. However, I don't feel like I would have made it through medical school. <laughs> It, I wanted to take a break after college because I was like, holy shit, like how many more years of school do I need to do? I did not think this through 12 more years after this to become, to finally like, I'm going to be like 700 years old. I'm going to have like all these loans. And thankfully at the same time, Sammy Jordana and I like had this it was just like a blog at the time we made a blog and I was like, yeah, let me do this. And I was very scared to tell my parents because they were like, you can only be a doctor or a lawyer. And, um, they were surprisingly kind of fine with it. They were very supportive, but I don't know if I would be doing that, but I think it would be in some sort of service, like health, helping people because I was always really into the whole like bedside manner aspect of being a doctor and like speaking to patients and making them feel better. I just like was not good at tests. <laughs> so I don't know if I would have made it through medical school. So I don't know if that answers the question about what I would be doing, but that was a lot of questions, guys. We just went through a lot. All right. Non-scale win time. My non-scale win is this last week, as I said, my daughter was very, very sick, like a normal virus. She just was sick. And it was the kind of like one of the first times she was sick for this long and my non-scale win is that I did not lose my shit. <laughs> I did not panic. I did all of the things. I took her to the doctor. I harassed the doctor. I called them like every day. Nonetheless, I did not lose my shit. I kept calm and she's much better. She now is fully congested, which is now making drive me crazy because I'm tired. But at the end of the day, that is my win. And I'm very proud of myself. Mom win. Okay, now listener non-scale win. Hi, Eileen, longtime listener and big fan of the pod, but first time writing in. I wanted to share a non-scale win that I had recently with you as it was a pretty big moment for me. I've always had a pattern of disordered eating and pretty unhealthy relationship with food and exercise since I can remember. These were times where I got super unhealthy and dangerous, but I'm glad to say with a lot of therapy and help of DST that I've been able to start loving myself more regardless of the body I'm in. Even though I've had this long history, it's not something my parents were ever aware of because it came to a head when I was in college. Recently, my mom and I were having a conversation. She was talking about the weight she wants to lose, how she is X pounds down, etc. 
Once she was done sharing, I told her that these types of comments can be triggering for me due to my relationship with food and exercise and that I intentionally don't step on scales because it can be unhealthy for me and cause me to spiral. We ended up having a great conversation about it all and I could tell she was upset having no idea I felt this way or was experiencing this. It felt great to not only share this with her, but for her to have such a positive and reassuring reaction, especially because the reason I always have kept it in is due to a fear of her not understanding or being supportive. All this to say, thank you for doing all that you do on the pod. It has positively impacted my journey with food and exercise and made me confident enough to finally speak up about it. Signed, okay, signed, signed, learning to love herself, Betch. This really, I love this because the results came back different than when she had expected. And this goes back to earlier when I was talking about like toxic mom, like clearly there's a spectrum of like what toxic means, toxic behavior, whatever. So clearly you put up the boundary and it worked and it led to a bonding moment instead of something else. So this is awesome. This is a great win. And thank you for writing it. All right, dear DST time. Okay, guys, I'm doing this on my own. I'm going to try to have a conversation with myself. (laughs) All right. Dear DST. Hi, Aileen. First of all, I'm a longtime listener and a huge fan of DST. I look forward to every episode and I've loved hearing you and Sammy navigate the world of health and wellness. I would love to get your input on something. After years of struggling with disordered eating and body image issues, and with the help of this podcast and certified professionals, I finally have a much better relationship with my body and with food. However, I am a single gal living in a major city, sounds like sex in the city, that seems to be burdened with an abundance of skinny, beautiful women. I know that my weight and physical attractiveness are the least interesting things about me. I also know that it really stings and it is a pretty visceral pain to be overlooked and feel invisible and terminally undesirable when I go out. Ouch. Is there any advice you can give me to help reconcile wanting to give, quote, diet culture the middle finger while still wanting to be wanted? I'm afraid I can't have one without the other. Sincerely, well-intended, but probably missing the point, Petch. I love the ending because I think, you know, deep down, like it's, you know, we're missing the point. I think you're telling yourself a lot of things like you won't be loved or you're afraid of rejection because all of the people out there that you're trying to attract won't be attracted to you. And that, I think if you see that as a lie, like that's a lie you're telling yourself, um, despite what you think, like despite the fact that you see a lot of skinny people does not mean that you will be overlooked. It does not, those two are, doesn't mean that you're going to find somebody. If you're putting out vibes of like positive, like comp, like you love your body, you love yourself, you're putting yourself out there. I've, I've found, or I've, I know, especially from friends and stories that like, you'll attract the people that are into you. Like at the end of the day, isn't that what you want? Don't you want the people who are into you to be into you and the people who may not be into you, not be into you. And also you think about also who you want. It's not just about like, how do I put myself out there so that people like me? It's like, how do I go out there and find people I like? And why would you like somebody who doesn't like you for you, not just your body? So 
I think that might be the point. And I guess the que- your question is, how do I reconcile wanting to give diet culture the middle finger while still... Want- so you're saying, basically, do I go and lose weight in order to find the people that want me? I mean, that is entirely... I, I don't know if those two things should be together. Um, I think if you want to lose weight for your own self, that has nothing to do with like dating. I think maybe you can explore that. But again, you have to think about why. And I think if you just remember that when you say that something like my weight and my physical attractiveness are the least interesting things about me, you have to believe that. But then also you ha- just because you're saying that there, it's a, it's a line that you heard that we've said, if you don't believe it, I would try to put it, try to believe something that like your physical attractiveness or your weight are what makes you, you, you special and you worthy of finding someone who loves you for those, for that and your personality and your complete whole self. And if you're not finding that in the places that you're going, go somewhere else. Right. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode of Dear DST. It's just been me. Just going to pat myself on the back. Hey, and um, guys, be sure to send your questions, dst at betches.com to get them answered. And follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. You can follow me at Aileen. You can call into the DST hotline. Again, it's 212-287-5650. That's where you just leave a voicemail or like just leave a message with your voice and leave a dear DST or ask us a question, share an on-scale win, literally whatever. And please leave a nice positive review on Apple. It really, I love to read what you guys are thinking. I need the feedback. You know, we're trying to make this show great. It's not just me. We have a whole team and it's awesome. If you leave a nice review, you can also DM us at Die Star Smart. You can DM me at Aileen and we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.